0: Sports
1: podcast. I said welcome
0: to welcome to the dirty sports podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to Welcome to the
2: Dirty Sports Podcast.
3: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey, no chill, preno.
2: Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon, Joseph. Good afternoon. Not much to talk about today's show. So much to talk about, Andy. What are you talking about? There's nothing to talk about on today's show. Oh, my God. There's so much football yesterday, bro. It was like, I mean, the NFL. So there's so much going on. So I, I, I disagree. I think I think there's so much. And I'm and I'm glad that, uh, you know, we're here on a Monday to recap just all the excitement that went on in the NFL yesterday. You're a big football guy. You I love am. football. I've tried to talk other sports uh, with you. You have basically at this point said we're not allowed to. And I've given in. It's, it's like, it's fine. We'll talk about other sports. You know, we have, we have spinoffs of this show. We'll do other sports on, on our, on our spinoff shows. It's basically just NFL Monday, NFL recap Monday. Let's go. I'm Giants are it. four and one Giants beat the Packers in London. You want to dive right into that? I mean, where are we starting Andy? That was a hell of a game, man. Was, was a hell of a game. Uh, 6 30 AM start here. So <clears throat> the alarm goes off. You know, the best laid plans. The alarm goes off at 625 a.m. Not going to lie. Snoozed. I snoozed. I was like, can't do it. Can't get up at 625 a.m. I'm going to give myself a fucking minute. Um, The uh, I get up. It's already 10, 10, nothing, I believe. And I'm like, here we go. I'm going to pull out the uh, I'll take my pillow over to the couch. I'll lay down. I'll watch the Giants lose this game from basically the second I sat down. It was a different ball game and shout out to Brian Dable. I mean, I'm going to say, I don't know what the future of the New York football giants is uh, from a player's standpoint. Um, I think we're still, I think as much as Brian Dables, you know, pumping up Daniel Jones these days and shout out to Daniel Jones for a great game. On a bad ankle. Uh, and I don't know what the. I know the the future of their receiving core is. It's not good. And it's not getting better anytime soon. Saquon Barkley. Is this guy going to get resigned? Are any of these draftees on the defensive side of the ball going to pan out? Who knows? But we're four and one for one reason and one reason alone. We might have the best coach in fucking the NFC. Well,
3: let's have to break. Uh, NFC? Four and one?
2: Best coach. I know. That's, coach? What that's what I'm saying. No, Might it's be. Easy. Coach five games. Well, with the, here's what's crazy. But the but difference of those five games over what I, over not just what I've seen in Giants' recent-slash-long Giants history. They're finding ways to win games for the most part. Scoring in the red zone. When's the last time the Giants team knew how to score in the red zone? I can't remember. But also, and this is what we're going to dive into talking, I'm not sure if we'll do it right now, but throughout the show, just managing games well. Yeah in and week out hard to say that that's happening a lot of other places
3: well it's not and i think the consistent theme that i want to get out you have three four and one teams in the nfc east and i would say just the obvious right all three teams what do they have that are four and one really good defenses and they're running the ball yeah so it's like old school football we're gonna make stops when we have to some are obviously better than others. The Eagles and especially like the Cowboys right now, like their Ds are really playing lights out. But they they, they all have running backs that are, whether it's by tandem like you have in Dallas or Saquon and uh, why am I forgetting his name in, in Philly? Uh, Sanders? Sanders. It's like you, you have teams that are playing. I mean, would you call it smash mouth football, ball control
2: football? A little bit. I mean – yeah, I mean it's not like they're just lining up in the eye formation and running off tackle, but smartly running the yo, know, using the like and the other thing is Cooper Rush, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. I know uh, Eagles fans are just have a gigantic king-size bowl of horse manure this morning and are just shoveling it down their gullets and they're they're you know, Jalen Hurts stands. But the rest of us competent uh, NFC East fan bases, we're, we're not sure what we have with Daniel Jones. I, don't, I know the Cowboys, even the Cowboys fans, 5-0 and in Cooper Rush's starting career. They're not sure that they have their quarterback of the future. Again, I know Eagles fans have moved him into the uh pantheon that they've once put Koy Detmer and Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and uh you know God knows who else, uh, Carson Wentz and Ron Jaworski, and and uh Randall Cunningham and Jeff Garcia, all the guys that they have crowned the, the future of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. I know they've done that with Jalen Hurts, but to be fair, uh what you can say about these three teams that have a combined two losses is they are doing it in spite of maybe not having a franchise quarterback.
3: Yeah. No, for sure. And it, it to me, it does go back to your point. You talk about Dable in-game management and I think a lot of teams have coaches to just put it bluntly who don't know what to do and make calls that like, like, I don't know. I was having a conversation with my buddy and, and we were, and he was being dead serious. He was talking about Zach Taylor. And he said, could you call a better game? And he he's being dead serious. I, I said, look, no, dude, no, 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 no. I said, I said, let's not go there. I know I'm a, I'm a guy who talks sports. I don't, I don't know that. But then he made an interesting point. He goes, now, Andy, could you surround yourself with guys? And I go, okay, that's where I think it gets interesting for a lot of these coaches, right? We saw it earlier in the day in Cleveland, the Chargers-Browns game.
2: Well, I think I mean- there's a couple different things here too uh, and what I'm seeing around the league yeah. right now. And it's definitely something even um, like the Giants when they had Coughlin, uh they he knew how to manage a game, but they had the guy that we dubbed Kevin Kill not a guy who really called a great game. And I would say the greatest moments in New York Giants, you know, recent history, the post Parcells era offensively, they've been some insane throw by Eli Manning or some insane two minute drill, fourth quarter comeback because the game was out of that guy's hands. You look at a guy like Brandon Staley, for example, or a guy like Zach Taylor. We have issues. uh, uh, A Mike McCarthy, who's obviously got his team at four and one, but historically Mike McCarthy, bad game manager, Brandon Staley, bad game manager, Zach Taylor, bad play caller, but also bad bad game manager.
3: I would would think Um, he's both,
2: but like, I feel like this is there's a couple of different things at work here because the game management thing is I think just people deferring to the analytics so much well, well and, and, for, and the question is you know should you be a head coach in the NFL if you can't trust your gut
3: yeah exactly and, and that's my thing is is when you when you come to management and we know the truth is we, we don't talk about this enough we don't mainstream quote unquote sports media. People don't talk about that's a whole thing. It's different than any other profession, right? You got to manage people. You got to manage the game. And I think a lot of these guys don't know what they're doing. And I really, Bill Simmons had two tweets on it last night. And I'm going to read his tweets because I, I agree with his tweets basically to a T he said, Zach Taylor, get the fuck out of here. I swear to God, in game coaching has never been worse across the board. Half these guys coach handle game management. They are trying to win a bonus Cracker Jack prize. Bunch of jackasses. It's so bad. What the Bengals just did happens seven times a week. And he follows it up with You run a reverse on the two yard line and lose 12 yards. You should have to quit during the game when you do something that dumb. What is this? The Pro Bowl? A sports movie? 2022 is the year of dumbass, the year of dumbass in the NFL. We are having a dumbass revolution. Obviously, he went like he scorched the earth with that tweet, but, but
2: pretty I, ironic, though, because the play they tried to run the Eagles ran in the Super Bowl against Bill Simmons, Patriots. It's the greatest moment in Philadelphia sports history. It single handedly beat the Patriots franchise. So yeah. it's like, you could, oh, if it works. It's the greatest call ever. If it doesn't work, you should be fired from coaching. But but I think okay. So I went to I went to the university. By the way, like, the Giants called that play in the in London yesterday, and they scored on it.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. But it's like it's like. So I went to the University Cincinnati football game with my buddy on Saturday, and we actually were talking about the same thing. He and and, he, and his point was, and I agree. He's like, dude, they, these coaches get too cute. It's like it's like take that Bengals game. You've been driving and your running game is actually working at this point. If it's first and goal from the two and running the ball has been working, you you got four cracks at it. You don't run a you you don't run the the Philly special. I I just like and then when it comes to taking the points, I just don't get like Brandon Staley, dude. You're on the road in a tough battle in Cleveland. It's the same way I look at the Bengals game. You're on the road. Take the I, points.
2: I actually just think when it comes to the Brandon Staley call at the end of the game, which obviously he got bailed out. Um, I just think that you're a fucking loser. If you like sit around and you go and you defend it and you say, you know, analytics say fo- there's a 51.1% chance of you winning this game. If you do this, but there's a forty-nine point four percent like I just think you're a fucking loser if you're sitting around talking about a a point a one point seven analytic whatever differential in games where you're just not even considering anything that has happened. You look at the end yes. of that fucking you you consider the end of that Broncos Colts game, which I can't wait to talk about in depth. Me as too. You now, as you know, but. The going, the, no one scores a touchdown in the whole game. And then on fourth and one, you're like, we're going to score a touchdown. Are you? Are you? Yeah, exactly. I say you're not going to. Exactly. I base, I base this on the fact that no one's going to score a touchdown in this football game.
3: So, so exactly.
2: So, uh, but you have their, your analytic percentages go up 50. You go, you, you greatly, you great, greatly, greatly increase your chances of winning by precisely 1.6%. If you go for it, did you get it that
4: is that factoring in
2: that 0% of people are going to score a touchdown of this football game. And therefore going for a touchdown means that you're not going to get it. No, it's not considering that, but if you did get it in a fantasy realm where you could get it.
3: But what I don't understand is they also cherry pick the stats I, I would argue the analytics. So, so, so take that Bengals game last night, right? And and I saw the stats, and I follow the guy. I don't know if you follow him. You know, he's a tough because Tug's an analytic guy, and I love Tug, but like this is where we disagree. He's one of those momentum isn't real, which to me is like lunacy. Like that's a, a lunatic take that momentum's not real. Anyway, that that uh, is it. Ben Baldwin he posted he posted the stats on if the Bengals score a touchdown there versus kicking a field goal. I would counter that with the Bengals' defense this season, which continued last night, has not given up a touchdown in the second half. That's how good their D is playing. Zero touchdowns in the second half. So my counter would be, okay, dude, you're, I think it increased their chances of winning, Joe, if they scored a touchdown down there by like 19%. So it was high.
4: I
2: just think that the analytics in, in the NFL right now, specifically in the NFL, we're, we're just – Like you can use that to your advantage and say, thank you for that information. I'm going to use that. But it's just not considering everything that's happening. If you have a a 2017 Honda Accord and your tires are this old and your brakes are this old and you're going this speed, how long does it take you to stop? Okay, so I need x. I need 150 feet going 60 miles an hour to come to a complete stop. Okay, but now in the NFL, we're not considering it's raining. We just don't consider it. We just never consider it. There's been no touchdowns scored in this game. the 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 road is covered in oil. Yes, we just don't. We just don't factor it in. And, and, we just and that's do what, not factor it in. Well, and
3: that's my point with that game last night. Like I'm saying, if their defense had not given up any second half touchdowns. And it's a division, it's like a, you know, a classic NFC North battle. Why do you not take the field goal to tie the game and then say, look, here's what I do have going into the final segment of the fourth quarter. I got Joe Burrow, man. I got a guy who's done it before. He shows he can do it. But we all knew, like, didn't you know, like the minute the Bengals scored and went up one, I said, they got Justin Tucker. Dude, yeah. all, the, all they got to do is go a few yards. This guy is money. Like, what are you, take me through, and did I not call it? Remember, I said, Bengals are going to cover, and they're going to lose a close game. Because the these decisions, and I hate, by the way, I hate that Brandon Staley, to go back to that game, got bailed out by a missed field goal. I hate that. Yeah. Because these coaches, I'll say it, Staley and Taylor, they win in spite of their bad coaching, in my opinion, or their bad decisions, or their bad play calling. You win in spite because you have, Justin Herbert. You have Joe Burrow. You're winning in spite of him. You're not winning. You're not winning because of your decisions. You're just not.
2: Well, that's, you know, listen, this is what it goes back to. And we we talk so much about quarterback play and we talk so much about records and we talk so much about Super Bowls. And we talk so much about all this stuff and the thing. And like, you know, obviously I'm a Giants fan, so I have a ton of experience watching Giants games at the at the at the at the closest level. Right. So, We talked about Dable. He's calling great games. He's managing the game well, and he's calling the game well, and he's calling the game for his personnel, and he's managing the game for his personnel. He's considering all the things that make his team different than just Team X, where the analytics say Team X wins this. He's considering it. Now, when you go back, uh, uh, Tom Coughlin used to manage games well. Uh, probably not analytically well, just old school. We're going to fucking make them score. We're going to do these things. Meanwhile, like I said, we've like through the entire Eli Manning era, horrible play call. And we gave games and games and games away. So the Giants get into these situations. The, the, my Super Bowl Giants got into these situations where it's like, we're going to play four games. And if we play perfect and manage them perfectly, we can win the Super Bowl. And they did it twice. But people go, Oh, those are some of the worst teams to ever w- win the Super Bowl. Why? Because a Kevin Kill drive offense will never win more than 10 games. It's it's all of these little things together. When you look at a guy like Brandon Staley, everybody comes into the season saying on paper, this is a 13 win team. Yeah. So you could win and you could win the division. But you might not achieve as great a season as you had, or have a buy that you should have, or these things because you're mismanaging games. Sure.
3: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you you look at you look at the Bengals, they're now 0-2 in the division. I'm I'm saying you are now, we all know how important, right, Joe, that home playoff game is. You're now, you're now sitting behind. You only have four more division games. And let's be honest, right? You probably have to win all four of those. I'd assume they would have to win all four to win the division. I want to read a tweet about Zach Taylor that we got from uh, Stolze, Cincinnati Dirtball. He said, my absolute best sports comparison I can make. The Bengals, this Bengals team is the Warriors when they had Mark Jackson at the helm. If you gave them anybody, they were going to win a lot of games. Zach Taylor is Mark Jackson. Joe Burrow is Steph Curry. Do we think that's an apt comparison?
2: I don't, but I, I, I understand the sentiment, but I don't because first of all, what Stolze is recreating is that was the great Joe Prano call. That was Joe Prano's great NBA call of the century, right? I said on the Chris wild at the sideshow network, Christmas NBA preview that the Warriors are going to do it because they've replaced Mark Jackson and they had such a great team that anybody do it. Now, to be fair, Mark Jackson didn't get them to the finals the year before. Yeah. Like we can talk all we want about how bad Zach Taylor is and how great Joe Burrow is, but,
3: but, but hold on real quick. Zach just Taylor,
2: the, the Bengals are historically despicable franchise. He came in and he, he turns around. They go to the Super Bowl in a couple of years. You could say Joe Burrow. I mean, we, we, we just need talked stop. about we, we all need, the coaches.
3: We need to stop just saying Joe Burrow. I, at this point, we just have to. Their defense has played lights out for two years. I mean, they have. Yeah. Like, like we need to just stop saying Joe Burrow. And, and that's not to take any away from Burrow. I think he's great. But like. Again, when you have a defense like right now that's only given up 17 and a half points a game, you're not giving up any touchdowns in the second half. Like their defense is that good. So it's, I think it's not just Burrow. I think, I think for their sake, and everyone's calling for it here, I think everybody just wants him to stop calling plays, which I think would help. But also, that doesn't cure the game management.
2: And also, I'm going to say this I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a great player. Comparing him to Steph Curry is ludicrous. We're not there yet, for sure. Joe, last night, next-gen stats, Joe Burrow averaged the fewest air yards per attempt in a game in his career, four, and was blitzed at the lowest rate in a game in his career, 2.7%. Burrow did not complete his only deep attempt of the game. Well, they were
3: just giving him, they were forcing him to do everything under. Which, Which, can we talk about the other quarterback on the other side? Yeah. Lamar Jackson. And I know some people might call me Lamar Jackson hater at this point. Last night was why I do not throw all that money at him. Why I do the continued franchise tag. He, I mean, he guys, he missed multiple two, maybe three wide open touchdown passes. I mean, we're talking DBs burnt wide open. You didn't just miss one. You missed multiple. Like, I just still don't think Lamar, Lamar's dynamic. No one will disagree with that, but those missed throws are why I'm like, he wants Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. Dude, you can't hit wide open guys in a primetime game. You just gotta be able to do that. Yeah. And look, and look, Lamar helped him win, obviously. And his legs, his legs. I mean, the final drive, his legs, his legs right. always do it. Of
2: course. No. No. And, and again, that that that's my thing. You know, I'm I just but this isn't even an analytics thing or a hater of thing or whatever. I mean, look, I, I'll say the same thing about my team. My team is four and one right now. And we're playing the best we've played since fucking Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning era. Do
3: you, do you get pleasure off all the haters? Everyone's calling them the worst four and one team ever.
2: Yeah, because Bill Parcells and Andy Ruther are you are your record.
3: Well, look, I, I am a big fan of you are your record to a yeah. to a degree. No, I'm yeah. saying, like, it I no, I find that funny personally because you are your record. I, I just think when people come in, I was reading it right, because that was like trending, like worst form. It, it's funny to me when you beat a Packers team who everybody considers a Super Bowl
2: favorite. And shut them down and, and, and shut them out in the second half.
3: Exactly. And then People still dunk on your team. To me, that makes no sense. They showed their legit team.
2: But I'll say this about the New York Football Giants: the and and we've and we've seen it because the backups are already fucking out. The backups not the backups not available. The Giants are seven straight. They're they're a another twist to the ankle or one of the headshots that Daniel Jones has taken every week away from losing seven straight football games. Because the Giants are running Daniel Jones like they don't give a fuck. And that's fair. Brian Dable, smartly, is like, I'm not really concerned about the future of Daniel Jones or whether or not he's a franchise quarterback for this team or whether or not he can play next week. I got to play to win every game. But to me, if I was an outsider looking at this Giants team or the way I am looking at this Giants team as a fan, this is not sustainable. You can't run your quarterback. He already has an ankle injury this year. He's already missing games in his best. So you can Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson built different. No, he's not. He's not built different. No one's built different. They're not. It's not sustainable. So if you want to fucking turn, if you want to try to make Lamar Jackson, this guy who's, oh, we're going to run this style of offense. We don't give a fuck what happens.
3: Hope we get a Super Bowl.
2: Hope we get a Super Bowl. Maybe you do. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle the way Cam Newton got to a Super Bowl. He didn't win it, and he didn't go back. And three years later, he wasn't on the fucking Panthers. That's my thing. Injuries catch up with you,
3: and and the window, man. People just don't get it. The window. The, like, that's why, again, the window on like a Herbert or a Bur these guys in their rookie deals, the window is so tight. You have to win
2: when you're there. I mean, well, it's Burrow it's- is, and, and listen, this is the thing about this Bengals team. Burrow is great. Burrow is, was worthy of the first overall pick. Burrow has already proven himself. Burrow has to continue to grow. I agree. Burrow is not playing elite level quarterback straight up. You know who is
3: though? Russell Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. So much to jump in here. Russell Russell Wilson will never let us ever stop talking about him. I mean, how would you describe that Thursday night game? Was was that an abomination to football? It was
2: awful. Mm -hmm. It was so awful. It was, it was horrible to watch. It's terrible. The only joyful part of watching that game was watching Russell Wilson be who I thought he was the whole time. So, so, so now, but now we have a, now we have a, a a phantom lat injury. Do we have, do we have to talk about that or can we? Are are you okay with agreeing that this is probably totally fraudulent, and we'll just move on, there? like and talk about? Well, everything. I, you know,
3: you know, I don't know. Um, you know me, I don't trust anything, so I'm not one of those. Hey, he's been playing injured. Who knows? He could have been. He maybe he still is. I mean, they're they're claiming that his injury was the same thing Dak Prescott had in preseason. and took two weeks off. So the counter that would be, well, if it's that serious, then maybe you shouldn't play, right? Which, which is a fair counter. Then you're being selfish as a player. You're right to your team um,
2: or you're fine and you're just
3: bad. I would also counter that with well, it doesn't
2: really matter when you're missing wide open receivers, you know or, what I'm saying? Or not even, or not even, yeah, you're not missing is missing is throwing, you're not even to them. throwing to
3: them. My, my point yeah, is
2: missing is throwing to them and missing. Yeah. Like my, Russell Wilson doesn't even know those receivers exist.
3: That's my point. Like, like his vision gonna,
2: is, limited
3: yeah so like he missed wide openers like wide open guys that has nothing to do with his lot. so yeah for sure but the thing is you you and i were texting and like i'm to the point now with russ of like it's a here, dude i i'm gonna go down some rabbit holes you probably don't expect it's fascinating to me because of course I, I took some calls um that it's like everybody thinks like everything's settled R- russ for the record has had a terrible year he said five games. Four of them have been bad. The last one was basically AIDS on a football field. No one's going to deny that. But my argument back to that, and by the way, I'm never going to defend, and I haven't for years. I'm not defending his personal life, guys. No one's defending how he is. But my argument back has always been we have to look at the full resume. right? We have to look at 10 years with the Seahawks. Right. We can't just say, oh, he's had bad year 11. Like Russell is not as bad as he was Thursday. Like that's not his career is all I'm saying. And I'm sure you you have to agree to that.
2: Right. But here's here's essentially my Russell Wilson thesis the whole time. Okay, Is that everybody every time Russell and by the way, did I call it? That we'd have a 6-5 first half. Russell would have 37 yards. Past. Shocker. We had a, what was it? 6-3 first half or 9-6 first half or whatever it was. 6-6 uh, six, six first half. Uh, I mean, the amount of times through the years that Russell Wilson has done this. He comes out, four, you know, 7 for 9 in the first half. All fucking dink-dunk, 70 fucking yards. No moving the ball. Like the 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 argument has always been and i'm and by the way shout out to the dirt balls who have been like you were right i was wrong his offensive line is terrible and his play calling is terrible and pete carroll they need to get the pete carroll's uh a senile old man now and enough with the but, but again, and the I,
3: again I don't know outside of seahawks i don't know who is like i never said that once i don't know who was saying
2: that Oh, what, the the offensive line play and the and the play calling and, Bri- and Brian Schottenheimer has the shackles on him and let Russ cook and why are we going to – and he has no receivers and the, all the – But let me ask you this. All the excuses. How much of that – Dude, I've read
3: so much on this lately, probably too much. How much of the let Russ cook was literally put out there by Russ's camp?
2: I don't know, but people bought into it.
3: Well, that's what they're saying. They're they're saying now the whole let Russ Cook was basically created by his team which again doesn't help his cause, doesn't help his off the field cause.
2: Right. But but essentially my, this is this is my this is my take the whole time and this is my take remains today and I just feel like I've been it's like we Used We, we use all these excuses for why Russ wasn't better at times. And I would argue that's the opposite. All the reasons, all the great moments Russ did have, those people that you complained about are responsible for it. And the all the bad times Russ had, that was Russell. That was Russ being Russ. Now we're letting Russ cook and look at how it's going. Now we don't have the Legion of Boom. And Marshawn Lynch carrying him to a Super Bowl, okay. So we don't have a second Super Bowl. He literally threw throws away at the one yard line, okay. So take the two Super Bowls, including the one he literally threw away himself, right? Let's take those away. What is his career in Seattle? Even with the numbers, he's Dak Prescott. He's Kirk Cousins.
3: No, you know he, who he. Is. You know who he is. And, we, and I can play the call and we can break it down. And this is what's fascinating if you really, really break it down. You know who Russ is? The guy we've always argued with. He is Matthew Stafford. He really is. Like, if you look, dude, I spent way too much time. If you look at the numbers, it is eerie. We've always argued Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson. They're the same fucking guy. Dude, they're, they're the same guy.
2: They but put we up, have, we, but we have Russell Wilson but they're the on same Seahawks guy. team and a Broncos team that everybody's saying is now suddenly going to be a playoff team and compete for the AFC West. But statistically, we're, yeah, but statistically tell the and, whole story. That's my that's the point. But but
3: I would argue, I would argue that the irony too of this, dude. I find this hilarious. We were doing this argument of Matthew Stafford and somebody called about that, like Matthew's better. I'm going to argue right there. I'm going to say this to everybody listening. If you think Matthew Stafford is good, you should also think Russell Wilson's good based on their careers and vice versa. And I do. I think they're both Hall of Famers. I think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. I think Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. If they retire today. Here, here's what else I find hilarious. Both stink this year. Both stats are awful. Both games are awful. And here what else is funny Guess who said neither of them are that good? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was the guy saying, hey, Matthew Stafford's not a Hall of Famer after the only Super Bowl. I disagreed. You disagreed. Richard Sherman's now the one just dunking on Ross left and right. Obviously he played with him. I just think there's so many hilarious through lines. Listen,
2: to me, to me, the, the, the difference between those guys is simple. And yeah, I think that they're probably in the same realm, but to, to me, the difference is simple. Matthew Stafford, this is what this is, again, what I go back to with what happens when Peyton Manning leaves a team versus the team he joins? What happens to LeBron James leaves a team versus the team he joins? We've seen guys throughout the years move for team from team to team, you know, and and they make their team a little bit better or they make their team a little bit worse and the contracts that go along with him, whatever. Matthew Stafford made the Detroit Lions relevant for a while in, yeah, a, in and out of relevancy on they made, his.
3: They made two playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, right.
2: like. Yeah, they made two playoffs. You take Russell Wilson off the Seahawks team that was a a deep, that that he got a lot of accolades for and was like to anybody with eyes carried by a defense and coach and running game and all that stuff during the years where he actually had success. And you put him on this Denver Broncos team. The defense is great. Look at the receivers. Look at the running backs. They're going to compete with Mahomes, they're going to compete with Herbert. They're not going to compete with the fucking Colts on a Thursday night.
3: Well, look, I, again no one's justifying it, but I think I think again, I am like it's it's eerie how similar they are. Both team, both guys win Super Bowls with like standout defenses, agreed. Now, obviously, Seattle's was next level, but that Rams defense, last year's Rams defense and the year before, like we're talking about top five defenses, right? We're talking about great defenses. Matthew Stafford didn't get the MVP of that Super Bowl. Russell Wilson didn't get the MVP. I just think if you put in the first 10 years of their career, because this is only Russ's 11th year, so you can only do the first 10 years. Joe, their, their, their numbers, I know it's not all numbers, their numbers are, everybody needs to do this. They basically line up. They both play a lot of games. Matthew Stafford had one major injury Then he missed a bunch, you know. Then he missed after that. But I'm saying, I'm sorry. He kept playing after that. Russell Wilson didn't miss games. It's it's eerie how similar. I stand by what I say. If you think Russell, if you you think Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer, you should also think Russell Wilson's a Hall
2: of Famer. Matthew Stafford, the eye test makes throws. Russell Wilson can make. Has his whole career. But I would, Uh, I I would, I would. Who's got Russell Wilson's had has has had a good as deep deep balls anybody yeah deep balls is is a different you know a different thing i'm talking about the 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 arm talent alone but but what about right now hold on matthew Stafford makes throws russell this is me russell matthew Stafford makes throws arm talent wise russell wilson's never been able to make everything that matthew stafford did until last season happened on the detroit lions which look at what's happening again now conversely everything that russell wilson did happened on the seattle seahawks now, suddenly, Geno Smith, washed up, nobody, Jets, bust, failure on 11 franchises, the new, the the black Ryan Fitzpatrick is just knitting on Russell Wilson in a head-to-head this year, just eviscerating him, just suddenly a dynamic, lights out, amazing quarterback, even though he has the shackles of Pete Carroll's run-first offense on him.
3: But but again, we got to take the whole career, and, and I think everyone's, in my opinion, I think everyone's being too reactionary to four bad games, especially when Russ didn't have Marshawn and the Legion of Boom for half his time in Seattle. Right, like and he didn't like
2: w- and, he, and he didn't really win anything.
3: Peyton Man- or Eli Manning didn't win a playoff game in his last eight years. Right, his last eight years. Right. He didn't win a single playoff game. But right. it's, it's not easy to win playoff games. Right. I, I, I just think my point on Russell again, and I stand by it. I think if anyone is going to, you can pick Matthew Stafford over Russell Wilson or any of the callers. That doesn't bother me. But my point is, if you think Stafford's good, I think you also have to say, dude, they're both good quarterbacks.
2: Well, I'll, my, this my point. I'm going to reiterate it for one last time. My point is simple. I have basically been saying that Russell Wilson's resume. His entire career in Seattle is fraudulent, or at the best, smoke and mirrors. But when I that feel mean? like I'm My being question proven is, right,
3: what does that mean?
2: Look what happens when he leaves and goes elsewhere. And look what happens to the guy who comes in, steps into the team that's supposed to be the worst team in the league and replaces him. Russell Wilson was hoisted up by Pete Carroll and a great Seahawks franchise built around him. And what did he do? He won a Super Bowl when he was on his rookie deal, with a great defense. They paid him; they shouldn't have. He was a fraud. He never deserved that money. the The, the franchise struggled. He wasn't a franchise but QB. They, but, but again, and would, they
3: moved on from. I it. would argue they didn't struggle. They're consistently winning ten to twelve games.
2: It's a Super Bowl or bust league.
3: Okay, and that's fine. But but again, I I, I double down with. It's like. He's winning games. He's putting out good numbers. He's in a tough division. He performs. Dude, I'm telling you, you do a side by side on all the numbers, all of them with Matthew Stafford come from behind wins, fourth quarter wins. I
2: know. And all I'm saying is the same fucking guy. Yeah. And all I'm saying is one guy. This is this is literally the point. One guy hoisted by being in a great situation. One guy pulled down by being in a terrible situation
3: which again makes them which makes
2: s- them right here but in reality they're not that close
3: but but they are look at this year look at this year both guys are two and three both guys dude matthew stafford's playing
2: awful uh, no doubt about that no doubt about that
3: and, and i think it's a legit question who's playing worse this year stafford or russell wilson they're both playing poor and joe guess what they're both gonna in my opinion are gonna get
2: better they're both going to get better. Oh, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to get better.
3: So we disagree on that. Yeah, you you don't think he's going to get better.
2: I mean, but he's going to be he's, he's going to be slightly better than he's been, but I I just don't think he's good. I've been I, I mean, at this point, I've gone from saying he's good, he's not elite to like I don't think he's good. He there's he's just missing. He's just not even seeing guys.
3: And you could be right. I'm not going to argue that he might be done. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think he could be done. It's year 11. Sometimes you see a decline. He could be done. I also know I was texting with CT, and I think this was a fair discussion we had. I said, CT was like, "That's his, he had suffered his first major injury last year in year 10, where he had to miss some games. And CT was making an argument. He said, Sometimes guys, it just fucks with them after you like, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of guys get their injuries out of the way, so to speak, like they might have a severe injury early in the year, earlier in their career where they can bounce back from that. And I'm not using all that as an excuse, but it's like, he has not looked the same since he came back from that injury.
2: I'll just, I, the, the bottom line is, and I think when you're comparing him to a Matthew Stafford type, I just think Matthew Stafford can go out and win games on his own he did in detroit the the rams but so, saw an opportunity so that's my point the, the rams saw an opportunity they said we have a team this is the difference we're going to go get the guy who's going to make the difference they immediately go to the super bowl there's a super there's clearly uh a, a problem with matthew stafford this year a super bowl hangover for the rams in general there's a lot of different factors the conversely with russ i would say that i would disagree i i don't believe russ did win games on his own i think you look at what the, russell was in seattle and what they're doing i mean why but, is geno but, smith suddenly an mvp candidate
3: but but joe statistically like like that i would just count that with they did like he, he did he does have all these fourth quarter comebacks yeah I right mean, I, but I, I mean, not
2: on his my point is He's not doing it. He was hoisted by a great team. And everybody loved to point out all these deficiencies that Seattle had that suddenly are gone. The every, by the way, this is, this goes across the board. Everybody Seattle is going to be the worst team in the league because they're bad. And we take their quarterback away. Yeah. They're playing
3: a lot better than I expected for sure, but let's not forget. I'm looking right now. I knew this was true. The number one defense in 2020 was the Rams. Matthew, dude, um, this is what I'm saying, guys. This The comparisons are insane. Matthew Stafford went to the previous season's number one overall defense. Russell Wilson had the number one overall right. defense.
2: This is how you win Super Bowls. No they doubt both about won
3: that. Super Bowls, and neither right. of them were the MVP. Right, right. Now I'll give Matthew Stafford a a notch above Russ in the regard that he had to lead a game, lead a game winning drive, which Russ never did. Obviously we all know what happened with the interception. So Matthew has that on him for sure. I just think for me at the end of the day, but again,
2: now, now how are the Detroit lions doing?
3: But they always sucked when he was there too. They sucked when he was there too. That's all I'm saying. Like, like, like the, the lions sucked when Stafford was there too. Like, it's not like they were good. Like let, let's not no, fool but making ourselves. the playoffs.
2: But like making the playoffs with the fucking Detroit Lions is something. Being the quarterback that leads the Detroit Lions to the playoffs is something.
3: Sure, I mean, you know, they didn't have a winning record his last three seasons. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not trying to take. Look, I like them both. Obviously, I think they're both Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and someone. You or whoever can choose one over the other. I just think, again, if you really want to break down similarities, I think they're eerily similar across the board. Even okay, if- but now,
2: but now, but he, now, here's my question for you, Andy. Just explain Geno Smith to me right now.
3: I don't know. I don't have an explanation.
2: Is G, this has been Geno Smith the whole time and he's been on terrible teams? He's I getting see. coached up by the same people that coached up Russell Wilson. How many years? To the years tune of 75% completion percentage to Russell Wilson's 59.4, nine TDs to Russell's four, 113 quarterback rating to Russell's 82, 1,305 yards to Russell's 1,254. He's He's dominating Russell Wilson statistically, dominating him.
3: It's wild. And no one's going to disagree that the Seahawks are not a well-run organization. I, I think they're a top 10 well-run NFL franchise. No one's going to disagree to that. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. I, I think, like I said, and I said, this going into the season. This is a pivotal year and we'll see how it plays out right now. It's playing out terribly for Russell Wilson. I think he's so fool of himself. We've said that he still, he still did the Broncos country. Let's ride at the end of the interview. What are you doing, dude? You literally shot the bed in arguably one of the worst prime time performances that I've ever witnessed since I started following football. And you're, you're, you're like making some corny hack joke. Your teammates hate you. Like,
2: because you're a game manager who acts like a superstar
3: or he not just a superstar or he's just not that guy off the field either. You know what I'm saying? I think we've said this before. Minus Antonio Brown, who's a lunatic going at Tom Brady, which is hilarious, by the way. The stuff he's posting. You don't hear anything bad. Say what you want about Tom Brady. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers.
2: I've never heard an ex-teammate say a bad thing about him. Everyone- I mean, how, about, how about the four and a half minute clip I sent you of Matthew Stafford? I think that was his rookie year or his second year the four and a half minute clip where he's on yeah. the sideline, writhing in pain, comes up, throws, throws the touchdown. They win the game. Now, this is, this is, I think it was year one. The teammates in the four and a half minute clip, the teammates and coaches Yeah, that literally say, I love you. Like sure. how many people have you said, I love you to lo- in your life, Andy. Matthew Stafford's got eight guys in four minutes going, I love you.
3: No, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Meanwhile,
2: Richard Sherman's going like, I hate Russell Wilson's guts.
3: (laughs) Like, like not just former teammates. It's obvious. We see the pictures. We see the memes. Like, no one likes. Did you see the Kyle Brandt rant on NFL Network? And I felt like he said things. Take it what you want, but he said things which I found myself agreeing with. And again, I think he married a pop star and he's got a whole team behind him and he's got the Jesus shit. It's all for show, dude. Even like the yeah. Derek Carr trading jerseys, I don't trust you're fake. And that's what Kyle Brand said. And I think he's
2: fake. So I don't disagree with any of that. I agree. I agree with the whole thing, Andy. I think Russell Wilson is a fraud.
3: But, but I, again, I don't know what that means. Like, like, I think
2: it's exactly what it means. His for this whole everything about him is fraudulent. His personality is fraudulent. The way he acts is fraudulent. Okay, I agree I with that. His resume is fraudulent. But see, that's where, say, that's
3: where I disagree. The resume.
2: I think is, everything the is The guy's fake. a game manager and he got a Super Bowl early in his career. Congratulations. And then he turned the, and then it actually ruined him. They've ruined him. Everybody fucking hated him. He started getting money he shouldn't have gotten because he's a fraud. But how do we take away? His teammates hated him because he's a fraud. How do we take away 10 years of consistency? His coaches are getting thrown under the bus. Imagine being a Seahawks fan that demanded you get rid of Pete Carroll and keep Russell Wilson right now. You should literally kill yourself. You should, like the majority of fucking alt-rock frontmen in the history of your city, you should kill yourself. Get a fucking shotgun and Kurt Cobain yourself. The audacity, the audacity to still be on planet Earth, being a Seahawks fan, calling for the the firing of Pete Carroll and throwing your allegiance behind Russell Wilson, only to have Geno Smith come in and fucking be like, he's better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, leave and be awful. You should fucking jump into the Puget Sound. You should fucking Chris Cornell yourself. How dare you? You should not be allowed on Earth anymore.
3: Is it Puget Sound Seattle?
2: I believe it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, I don't know the geography there with that too well. Look, end of day, we, we, we clearly still find some, some disagreements, which is fine. Um, I think he's a fraud in all fronts. We agree there, except for, I think, like I said, 10 years of a resume. To me, it speaks for itself. like 10 years, man. We're not talking three years, We're talking I know, but
2: we are, we've been arguing for the last five. This is essentially what I've been saying the whole time. Smoke and mirrors.
3: You know, like I said, I think it comes down to playoffs, but like your, your boy, Eli didn't win a playoff game his last eight years. Yeah, won- and I, and I would also want a road playoff game in 2019.
2: Listen, and here's the thing. Here's the thing again, again. I mean, you look at the, you look at what's happening with the giants right now and don't get me started. Because I have already hinted about this on the dirty slides, and I've talked about it on this show, but I can't. T- don't even get me started on the situation, the the situation behind the scenes, the New York Giants. But the New York Giants, a once great franchise, when the Wellington Mara Wellington Mara is long gone. Eli Manning, Eli Manning was essentially brought Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Eli Manning was carrying on his back. The, 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 Single-handedly, like fucking Thor or fucking Iron Man, keeping a once proud franchise from falling into the mud. And and finally, we have a glimmer of hope. Without Eli Manning, I mean, the Giants were would have been the Lions for a decade. And in that decade, they got a Super Bowl.
3: Can we talk about the Lions for a second? Oh, there's, there's a, there's a point we can agree on the Dan Campbell grit experiment.
2: We're the, we're the only like, like, bro, I I feel like people must be sick of us talking about Russell Wilson. They must be sick of me talking about Eli Manning. They must be sick of all they there's a lot of things that people are sick of right now. They're probably sick of us raging on analytics. And I know they're sick of us talking about the Detroit lions and they should be because us and everybody else, including lions fans, including any person who works in like Detroit sports radio, they don't deserve this attention. You're just the same old fucking bad. You always were. Cause what do you do? You're a fucking terrible franchise that hires terrible people that drafts terrible people. You don't know what you're doing. You've never been good. You've you like. The, uh, again, you ruined
3: two Hall of Famers.
2: Again, three. Matthew Stafford escaped. But Yeah, true. The, three, uh, like the 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 greatest running back in history is the grading greatest running back in history because he put up almost the greatest numbers ever, and he did it in Detroit. Calvin Johnson, arguably the greatest receiver of all time in the short amount of time he played. Obviously, he's never going to have the longevity numbers because he had to escape, but arguably. that much better because he did it in Detroit doing it in Detroit versus doing it with Bill Walsh and Joe Montana and Steve Young can't even be compared Matthew Stafford making the playoffs twice
3: the Detroit Lions
2: fucking stink yeah surprise surprise you fucking you you hired a bobblehead doll to be your head coach
3: he actually called into the show. He called in again. We heard from Dan Campbell a few weeks ago. He called back. Love it.
1: Dirty sports. It's your man, uh, Dan Campbell. I called earlier, but it was a two-minute call. I was kind of hot after the big loss, but uh, I'll summa- I'll summarize it in about a minute here, man. Listen, I I told the guys after the game. I didn't I didn't want to tell them before the week, but. As of Thursday, I knew there was a black cloud hanging over that game, man. We had a chance to make up some ground against Green Bay, great football team. Fumbled it in London. Congrats, Prano, on the win, man. But here's the deal, man. No matter how gritty you are, I don't care if you got four-ass cheeks and 35 toes. There's nothing you're going to do, man, to upset the Ruther curse. i try to tell Mrs. Ford that, man try to tell the team that after the game, man, but they're pretty broke up. We had the number one offense in the league, man, playing against the third-string quarterback, Zappa-Dappa-Doo, man. Ruther Kurtz come in. Like I said, Metallica, man. The light you see at the end of the tunnel, is just a freight train coming your way, man. So I'm going to end it on that Metallica quote. You guys know any jobs opening up about January or so, man? I think I might need one, so
2: uh ah, November Ohio. probably. I'm
1: on indeed, man. Stay dirty. Fuck you, Ruther. You cursed me.
3: The guy not, not only did I now I take them against you, I took them in my pick six league.
2: Why? What I, who I, are you, bro? What because, are you doing?
3: Because you know what? Like I said, I was like, oh, they'll lose,
2: they'll keep it close. That was that was reckless. That was you took okay. you, 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 you saw. A fucking gym teacher With a whistle around his fucking neck Holding a fucking protein shake Show up to a chess match Against a Russian chess robot And you were like The gym teacher's gonna keep it close He's like How many how many pull-ups do I gotta do to get your queen? He's like That's not how the game works
3: What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I was like, oh, three and a half. We'll keep it close. What was I thinking? I was reckless. But a I sent, big
2: fat fucking zero,
3: dude. So I sent you this, and I'm not going to read all of them, dude. The Lions read it. I mean, at this point, we we seriously need. There's a mental health crisis in this city, in this state. Lions fans, whatever it is, and I'm not saying that's all you guys. It's not all you guys, but damn. The headline of this thread on Lions Reddit says, I thought the fire Dan Campbell reactions were hot takes, but apparently I'm the odd man out. I don't understand the reaction is what he writes. I get yesterday was ugly, but I don't know that I disagree with his play calls.
2: And it's then he points.
3: And then he goes through and he justifies it. like, I'm not going to read his t- – oh, yeah, I'll just read it. With the defense playing the way it's been, Campbell knew you had to put up touchdowns against the Patriots to compete. Let's say we kick three of those field goals. I don't know if you know this, Joe. He kept going for it on fourth down and said I'm not kicking I'm field goals. well aware. Okay. And convert. Never mind the fact that Badgley was signed this week and was kicking awful all year. The defense isn't going to magically stop them. Is losing 29-9 to really any better than 29-0? to At some point, you have to win matchups against the opponent. All it took was one conversion to get some rhythm and confidence. Have it's we-
2: honestly unbelievable.
3: I get it's bad, but the Lions had the least talented roster in the league by far last year and only really improved to a couple of positions. What are we expecting? This is a full-scale rehab. Firing Dan Campbell puts us back yet again. And then if you go through this, people justify why he shouldn't be fired. It's pure lunacy, this
2: thread. Well, it's it's funny cuz I you know, you said you're not going to read all of them. I actually want to do this. I want to I I feel like we should pick out somebody in that thread who writes something that doesn't seem totally unhinged. And we should be like, "Will you come on our podcast?" Because here's the thing. I think at this point the 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 Detroit Lions fans who listen to the Dirty Sports podcast, they can't. There's no way. We can't, there's no, way, there's no way we've been doing this to you for six weeks, going back into the fucking six eight weeks, weeks going back months. into going back into hard knocks and that you could reasonably call and not know that we're just going to shit all over you. And So I almost want it to be out from outside of the dirty sports realm. I mean, I got, I got a, I got a message from cat, Jason kid saying, uh, you know, you essentially you were right. I was wrong. Uh, I gotta imagine, you know, I don't know, Tigers fan mags and uh uh you know whoever else is out there that's defending this kind of guy the whole time have gotta be like there's no well it's over. So
3: so can but, I re- but
2: Lions Reddit has I, yeah f- since going back to last Thanksgiving been a magical place to just see the unhinged Lions fan. I feel like we've got to find one that's I, not I found one I fully found one. unhinged.
3: Do they're all unhinged? This guy says. This guy says four hours ago, I'm losing faith in Campbell admittedly, but anyone calling for him to be fired is overreacting. (laughs) So many people bit way too hard on hard knocks and we're talking about us making a run to playoffs. So this person, now this person is, is realistic. That was never realistic. Five to seven wins was realistic being a season. Frankly, I think we may fall short of that, but I'm not panicking yet. Next year is the first real
2: test. Why isn't it this year? He was the coach last year.
3: Somebody wrote, I love this response. Somebody wrote, is it a rebuild if we're getting worse?
2: <laughs> right. I mean, dude, if you go through this whole thread. He won three games last year. He won three games last year, and he's won. He's he's won one. Look, their over under was six and a half. You and I
3: both said ride that under hard, and you can't use it, guys. Injuries. This is the NFL. I know they've had bad injuries, and some teams get the injury bug worse than the other. But like, come on. There's there's just I agree with you. This is year two. Like in the modern era, in the modern age, I should say, the last ten years, you gotta basically, you gotta turn it around by year two, by year three, like year three for sure. Like I I just, that's a great segue. Look what the Panthers did today. Look what the Panthers did. They said, "Sorry, Matt Rule, you're one and four. You've sucked. You've sucked. You've sucked as a coach. You've been. You're not performing, dude. You're 11 and 27 overall. You've sucked." Bobel
2: had more wins last year than Dan Campbell has last year and this year combined
3: and they got rid of him
2: because they' won five games in five games and and one game so far and five games isn't good yeah, but at this point Dan Campbell's not winning five games you don't think what are we talking about? <laughs> They just got shut out, dude. A
3: third-string quarterback.
2: Remember when we went through and we thought that we, they might get to nine wins if we gave them literally every single freebie?
3: Yeah, it's bad. And, and by the way, for the record, I do understand you don't want to rotate coaches every two to three years. But oh my just,
2: god, they have a bye next week. Thank God, huh?
3: But you just can't hire this guy. Like like this was the wrong hire. This was. Just, this this was this was the Bengals back in the day hiring Don Shula's kid because he was a fucking Shula,
2: dude. They, so let's do it again. All right, they're at one and four. They're at one Here. and four.
3: They got twelve games left.
2: They've got to buy. We're gonna we're gonna give every single freebie again. Okay. Every single maybe we're gonna give them. I don't know if we gave them the Cowboys last time, but we probably did because they had Cooper Rush. Now they're not beating the Cowboys. Next game, Cowboys.
3: Nope. Where's that in? Detroit doesn't matter.
2: In in Dallas. Nope. Dolphins at home. Are we giving them a maybe because we don't know who's going to play for the Dolphins?
3: Yeah. I mean, they're on their third string quarterback.
2: Okay, fine. So now they have two wins. Let's give them Dolphins. Packers. No. Bears on the road. No. Let's give them the Bears. Yeah. Let's give them the Bears. Three wins. Giants on the road. No. Bills at home. No. Jaguars at home.
3: Though, yeah, I'll give them the Jags. They're going to win a couple games you don't expect them to win.
2: Yeah. and th- Yeah, the Lions and the Bears. Or the, the, the Dolphins and the Bears. they are at three. Okay. They're not going to beat the Jags at home. You know they're, they're not going to beat the Vikings at home. They're not going to beat the Jets on the road. They might be the Panthers on the road. That's four. Let's give them the Bears again. That's five. And then the Packers. If you give them every fucking maybe, they're at five wins. What was the over under? Six and a half.
3: Six and a half. I mean, we said ride it hard, ride that under hard. You know, obviously, this has been a theme this episode and throughout this year. It's like you talk about there were like
2: six, six their last six games: Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. They were like, or no, they didn't have the they didn't put the Packers in there. It was that five game stretch. Can we go four and one? Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears. You'll be lucky to win two games.
3: Jets are three and two, right? I mean, at this point, like, like, I'll be honest. I I just don't know why they should have a franchise. Like, it's embarrassing. It's fun. It's fun to poke fun at. They're laughing fodder. But at this point.
2: Well, the reason that I guess the reason that they should have a franchise is it's all about money. And the fans are fucking so insane (laughs) that they're still going to show up to games because they think they're about to go on a run. Cause they think it's too soon to fire Dan Campbell. Cause they don't see the reason that they should protest a Thanksgiving game. Sanfeld so doesn't give a fuck. You delusional fucks. You people who fucking haven't left Detroit of all places. I guess it's something about the city. Like I, why, why bail on the lions? If you're not just going to bail on Detroit, it's crazy, man. You're the kind of person who's like, yep. Born and raised Detroit. I'm going to ride or die with this city. Everybody's like, it sucks. You should leave. It's like, no, (laughs) I'm going to stay. This mayor is going to turn it around. Who'd you hire as mayor? A a Gym teacher. You know what the problem with this city is? Not enough push-ups.
3: I just love the fans in Reddit who are saying you know, at this point, it's like, you already know, like, they know in their heart of hearts, you know, I understand not wanting to change coaches all the time, but, but you already know this, this one didn't work out. It's like dating, man, you know, early on, you're like, ah, this one did or didn't work out. Like, you know, that this, this isn't the right girl, man. This isn't the right girl. You know, it. you know, it deep down, it's not the right girl. She's not going to change. You, you have too much evidence at this point. They won what? Three games last year.
2: And also, like, what's your personality?
3: I have no clue what the personality is.
2: They're a terrible defensive team, but they just got shut out. Yeah. And why are you a terrible defensive team? I thought you guys just drafted all these fucking defensive players and, like, you were going to fucking be gritty. Well,
3: to me, that's... What are you? What's your personality is huge, right? Like, if I don't know your personality... I can look at most teams and say, okay, this is their, we've discussed that about the bears, right? Like what's their personality? We don't know. That's why the bears are struggling. What, what, right. Do you have a good defense? Can you score points? We don't know.
2: And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this to go back to shit on Russ again, but I'm going to say it because I think it's a great example. They don't have a personality. No, because I'm talking about the Seahawks is. Find something and fucking stick with it. If your personality is we're going to fucking run the ball down your throat and play some fucking defense. Well, don't go fucking trying to let Russ cook or whatever, like figure out what you're going to do and fucking do it. The the Detroit Lions haven't even figured out what they're going to do. And then there's a bunch of teams who have figured out what they're going to do. And then they abandon it and then whatever. But you got to fucking be about something.
3: Yeah. So I'm going to play this call. This is for me. And I think it goes into we're talking about Detroit and like ownership and all this. This is actually, dude. I I like have thought hard about this NFL call. I I don't I don't really have an answer. I don't know. Maybe you can help me talk it through.
0: What's up, guys? This is Alex, South Texas, and uh, Andy. I just had a quick question for you. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, and was just wondering. I know the Browns are the. Thing that's kind of holding you back from becoming a Bengals fan again. And was just wondering, would you rather have the Brown family running your team or the Jones family? So if Jerry came in as your new GM president and owner, would you be more likely to come back to the Bengals? Or would you rather ride it out with the Browns? All right, fellas, stay dirty. And condoms I, are for anybody that is putting fucking salt on a McGriddle. By God, should not be having more
2: children.
3: I think this is a f- great question. Like, and, I, and I mean, I'm asking the I, same. I question. actually,
2: to me, the answer is obvious.
3: Really? Well, yeah. well, well here let, let me explain, let me explain what my thought process is. So, with Jerry Jones, you have money's not an issue. He'll sign anybody. He won three Super Bowls. That was way early on. The entire team is Jones people as far as like the upper level management. The Bengals, same thing with the Browns. The entire upper management is his daughter, his daughter's husband. It's it's Brown related people. They've never won a Super Bowl. They're tight. Money is an issue for them. It's the only business they have is the Bengals. Like to be honest, everybody's even discussing where does the cash come from to pay Joe Burrow. That's that's a legit problem for like a Bengals franchise. They don't have another they don't have another business. They have to find you know two hundred million dollars cash. So that begs the question: They're both family run. I like it's tough for
2: me, but it's not tough because basically you're saying everything that is bad about the Cowboys ownership, the Cincinnati Bengals mimic correct but everything that's bad about the cincinnati Bengals ownership the cowboys don't mimic they have they probably have 14 indoor facilities every fucking offensive player has their own indoor facility that they practice in you don't have to go to a fucking you, it's not like if the kicker kicks a fucking tundra you fucking win a truck or whatever <laughs> shit they do in fucking cincinnati this <laughs> the, jerry world is a fucking goddamn we went it's amazing. Yeah. The fucking eighth wonder of the world. Sure. It's glorious to fucking go to a game there. You fucking have all the signings. You have all the things. You, th- not like every once in a while, if you're a shitty owner and you have shitty management, you still will shitty your way into a fucking elite player like Joe Burrow. Then you got to be able to keep him and protect him and whatever. The Cowboys have the money. They just started – I mean, fuck, they paid Dak?
3: Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking all this. Basically, you're saying it's got to be the Joneses.
2: It's got to be the Joneses. Everything that's bad about the Joneses is bad about the Browns. But everything that's bad about the Browns isn't bad about the Joneses.
3: Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it that way. That's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Keeping these guys wouldn't be an issue. Keeping any of these guys. Pay all Now, if
2: you were like – now, listen. If you were going to say, you know, the – at the uh, Oakland Athletics, you know, they're cheap and they don't give a fuck and they're going to lose their team because they won't build a stadium and blah, blah, blah. But they smartly put these teams together and they think about their finances when they're and they they do everything they can to maximize the money. That's a different fucking story. The the Browns are just the Joneses, but poor.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. that They are. It's the exact same thing without the money. I know. And that's why, for the record, I didn't say this. Everyone in Cincinnati, the joke now is start a GoFundMe for Sean Payton. Like, that's, like, even since last night, the whole Cincinnati trend I've noticed is, like, we need Sean Payton. Sean Payton would for sure, and I think he probably would. They're like, if he knew he had Burrow, have you seen Joe Burrow? Have you seen his quote? Sean Payton's got this famous quote he said Joe Burrow is Drew Brees but but however many inches like five or six inches taller like that's his quote he's like I look at him and he's Drew Brees but taller so like the joke is hey how do we get Sean Payton to take over this offense which obviously would change everything but that's going to be that's going to be the problem and I think Bengals fans know it dude Marvin Lewis was here 16 years he didn't win a playoff game. Right. Zach Taylor took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, like, I hate to say this, but uh, it's not, that's not, yeah. that's, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things you're almost like, was, is that long-term going to be against their own franchise, right? Like their fan base is, is him making a Super Bowl in Burrow's second year gonna ultimately cause him to leave whatever
2: it is i don't know i mean i mean it could be but the, the other thing is this is really where you find out what you have in zach taylor because you you also have to remember he just started fucking coaching like you can't be a veteran coach walking out the like you know you can't just come out being like now we see you we can shit on zach taylor's play calling we can shit on zach taylor's game management but you gotta say he came into a situation where he had the first overall fucking pick they had this record then they had this record then they go to the fucking super bowl and it's close and they lose and you can't really say like he mismanaged the super bowl
3: well, a well, lot of Bengals fans bring up that going forward on fourth down early. You remember, I don't remember they don't get it. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think that if you look back at historically, that's. Your, I mean, first of all, the Rams had to go down drive down to win the game. Sure, they just had you know they had to. So it's not like you, you you pissed this Super Bowl away. Oh, and there was this this horrible play call that cost them the, the game. Whatever. Um, even even the final drive of the of the Bengals in the game, I would say you got to give credit where credit's due. And so the Rams and the defense and Aaron Donald and all the things that happened on that final drive, like they were moving the ball too. And then they just stopped. They got stopped. Um, but now you have a super bowl hangover year. You're two and three. You just lost your division game to the Ravens. You lost another division game to start the year to the Steelers. like, I don't think that the Browns or sorry, that the Bengals franchise or the Brown family or whoever should be looking at Zach Taylor like in any sort of hot seat situation. But also, it shouldn't be, oh, your job's good for life because you got us to the Super Bowl. You need to see how a coach who's in his third or fourth year or whatever it is adjusts to this now.
3: No, for sure. Well, look, if you look, we, we just did it with the Lions. If you look at their schedule now, I think their next five games, Joe, are all winnable. And I think they have to take four of their next five at Saints, Falcons at home, at Browns, Panthers at home, at Steelers. I would argue those are those are five very winnable games, even the tough division ones on the road. I would argue the Bengals have to take four of the next five. And I think they can. But I agree with you. Things have to change. And the expectations, which look, as someone who lives in this city, I actually like it. I liked it. Finally, all those years, that was always my knock. The expectations were so low. Finally, the fans are saying, hey, we got to the Super Bowl. We have this offense. We're just not scoring points. Like, how do we not score points? I know T Higgins is out last night, but like, how do they not score points?
2: I mean, even the next six games, you got, they, they have the Titans after that. And then they go to cheat. Then they, they have the chiefs at home. So you're They're they're two and three. They have six games. Yeah. You gotta be, you know, you gotta go five, one. You gotta be seven and four. Yeah. When the chiefs come to town. Sure. You kind of gotta be.
3: Yeah. Well, right now, you know, obviously the AFC, you have the Bills. We'll see how the Chiefs play tonight. I put the Chiefs right up there. The Bills are uh, above everyone in the NFL, I'd, I'd say right now, even the Chiefs. I think the Bills are that good.
2: Well, we'll see the Chiefs tonight. I mean, I, I picked I picked a little backdoor card tonight.
3: You so need it, we'll by see. the way.
2: You need it. I know. It started off hot this week, and then it fell apart. Yeah. Quickly fell apart with the little points here and points there. A little one one point Bengals hang on and a one point fucking Vikings. Vikings half Bears. point hook and the Saints. Uh, I think I no, yeah, I got the Saints. You got I the think. Saints. Yeah.
3: I was trusting Gino in that one. Yeah. But the Seahawks D is not good this year.
2: No. That
3: call against the Falcons was so bad. So bad. That. Call roughing the passer, whatever it was in sportsman like the technicality, I don't know, on Tom Brady was so bad. So bad,
2: man. It's ridiculous. And it's why it's why people talk about the NFL being rigged, and it's why people talk about Tom Brady never being fucking getting every fucking call. At this point, it almost feels like you have an opportunity on that play. You're either giving Tom Brady that call because it's Tom Brady. Or You can't make that call because you're like, man, I don't want to be the asshole that fucking just gives. Like, it's not a borderline call. Yeah. Who thinks that's a, like, I'm sure there's, I'm sure fucking, you know, box fans and Goldberg and Tom Brady stands, but anybody reasonable. No, I don't think anybody,
3: I don't, I don't think anybody defends that. That's a tackle. That's a normal tackle. And he doubled down on it, the ref. I think it was Jerome Boger, and he said, you know, he didn't have to throw him down at the end. That is that's, that's that is a way to ruin a game, and, and I agree with you. It makes people question the integrity, whether it's fixed. The NFL doesn't want to see Tom Brady fall to two and three, and they don't want to see them second place in the division to the Atlanta Falcons with Marcus Mariota. That, that is 100% a call where I question, is this fixed? I'll just be honest. I do, Joe. I question, is this fixed? It 100% makes me question that.
2: Here you go. I knew I'd find it. Covering the Buck since 2013, Greg Alman. Here's the play where Vita Vey drew a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer. Falcons guard Chris Lindstrom is pushing him toward Mariota on the play, and Vey just runs into the quarterback after the throw. Yeah, you know what the difference is? After the throw.
3: Yeah. Has, has uh has your boy from has your boy who, who loves that former box quarterback has he reached out to you or is he still dark?
2: Well i I blocked him again. Oh oh you blocked him. I, I blocked him again. In fact, I mentioned him in the tweet last night, even though he's blocked. Um, because I've I've blocked him. Um, but I have a feeling that we are going to speak one way or the other very soon why why do you have a feeling on that well i don't know i mean are are we i I mean i don't know andy you're you're my guy i'm following your lead otherwise i'll listen there's a lot of dirt balls have been reaching out like what's going on i'm ready to blow the fuck i'll blow the lid off this right now
3: let's give it a few days
2: see so (laughs) you're like what do you mean
3: I'm just, I'm just toying it up, teasing it up a little.
2: We're speaking t- of Jameis one of one, by the way.
3: I am speaking of Jameis one of one. I'll tell you some things off air. Um, But yeah, no, no major new updates. But uh, like I said before, we got him.
2: A lot of things waiting and a lot of things just like hanging here in the ether. A lot of things, like you know,
3: like your Mets losing.
2: <laughs> yeah, is it like no? But is is Kyle Aronofsky's Hall of Fame candidacy? Is like, is this like make or break? Is this like what pushes him over? Do we? Have, well, let me yeah, put this, this way: we,
3: we, we talk about a lot about Hall of Famers today. If we is who if if he is who we think he is, I mean, how do you not put the guy in the Hall of Fame? Like, yeah,
2: like That's what I'm saying. But this it, is like a Super Bowl MVP, right? This is like, well, then he's just in. It's like the difference between, oh yeah, like like without this, Kyle is Philip Rivers. With this, he's Eli Manning, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, if 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 this plays out, he
2: might be a Hall of Famer out, either
3: way. Sure, and he could. If 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 this plays out the way we think it is, yeah, he's he's definitely in. Also, if it's not who we think it is, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Based on what's happening, everyone's like, "Shut the fuck up and tell us." Yeah. In due time, dirt balls. In due time, um, probably Thursday. So look, look, look forward for Jameis one of a one of one update on Thursday. I just mentioned it. How are you holding up? I, I didn't want to kill you with the Mets thing. Did you crack open a Miller Lite? Like, 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 realistically, it's been,
2: it's been sitting here. It's been sitting here the whole show, Andy. It's been so sitting like, here. I was just waiting for you to ask, to force me to talk about it. And now the Miller Lite is cracked. Miller Lite, the number one pills there in the world for drowning your sorrows. Well, we don't advocate that,
3: but, but, you know, you <laughs> I don't like when we say that. but, but my point is like, i don't give a
2: th- fuck what they like Andy on
3: a scale of one to 10 give me your disappointment level 10 being the highest is it 10?
2: No, no, I think a disappointment level. Um, I think there's a couple different here's, here's how just, dis... I mean, listen, if they'd won 60 games this year, I'd be more disappointed. Right. Yeah. Got, got to be a 10, you know, a 10 has got to be coming into this year with high expectations and being awful. Um, a nine's got to be missing the playoffs entirely. Um, and eight's gotta be, I think, I mean, I think I'm more disappointed in, in a way if we go a little further and then lose, you know? Um, and then seven is probably where I'm at, which is great season. Horribly disappointing final week. Horribly disappointing showing in the playoffs. My disappointment, you know, there's a lot of Mets fans out there that are handling this in different ways. Um, I feel like I'm handling it right because I am smarter about this franchise and more realistic about this franchise than I think a lot of people are. I've seen a lot of people with like, aggressive positivity. We won 101 games. Yeah. And what? Then there's a lot of people. This team is going to suck for a long time. Now this was our opportunity and we blew it. My disappointment about this Mets team and where I'm at right now. And I'm not really sure where I'm at in terms of the outlook going forward, because I think a big part of how I will feel about the 2023 Mets is tied to some of my disappointment about the 2022 Mets, which is this. Um, God, I don't even I don't know if if I start where to start. I'll say this: I think the first failure of this team was the deadline. Uh, we lose to the team with Juan Soto. Was Juan Soto huge in this uh, series for them? No, but we lost to the team that got Juan Soto. Was Josh Bell's home run that opened the fucking series huge? Yeah, it was. Did Josh Bell, was Josh Bell the throw-in to the Juan Soto deal? Who could have been our DH? instead of us going around and trying to justify the Daniel Vogelbach and Darren, Darren Ruff D.H. platoon? Yeah. Did we have bullpen issues down the stretch because we didn't do anything essentially at the deadline? And the Phillies who go and get Robertson have him come in in a game and be great? And now they're moving on. Did we play the second half of the season with just actually, did we play the whole season with atrocious catcher play when Contreras is just out there to be had and instead is just still in Chicago? The big disappointment for me was this deadline because everybody said. Why are we going to mortgage some sort of future to win now when we have a great team going forward? And no one was saying, give up Francisco Alvarez who come, who is going to be the guy who fills that catcher spot. next year?" we're not going to have to deal with Tomas Nito and James McCann because we have our catcher of the future. No one's saying that no one's saying, give up, you know, Uh, but the idea that you just didn't make a move and all these teams did. And now the two wild card teams that got the two guys we should have gotten are moving on. And we're not that to me is where the disappointment with this team starts because it confuses me as to how we're going to play this. And I think it's confusing to anybody who understands baseball and the finances of baseball. You gave Max Scherzer the 45 million a year, but you didn't play like you're trying to win. Now you didn't deal at the deadline. Like you're trying to win now. And how did that work out for you? Max Scherzer. Who Like Russell Wilson, I have used the word fraudulent to describe in the past. He pitched great this year for the Mets, and he disappeared with a weird injury. And surprise, surprise, like in the Dodgers last year, October comes, and he's just no-shows us, but we get a 40-second unedited clip of him in the bullpen Pre-game, doing some stare down to the camera warm up with the fucking the I of this i'm telling you this fucking fake attitude and then you go out there and you know well, we, we our goal was to win the world series and we didn't you blew it enemy number one on this mets team right now is max scherzer and it's 45 million dollars you give seven runs But enemy number two is not knowing how you're handling this. Are you trying to win now, which is why you give this lunatic $45 million and therefore should have done something at the deadline? Or are you planning for the future, which is why I have to watch Tomas Nito get at bats in a playoff series. Now, there's a lot of guys on this Mets team that are streaky. And that's I'm okay with that. I don't give a fuck that Pete Alonzo had his homer and his hit last night and didn't really have much of a series otherwise. I don't really care that Francis. Like, that's gonna be what it is. But you, the the and I really don't have any problem with Buck's management. I think Buck had one managerial failure, and that was well, fucking with the rotation in Atlanta.
3: But you were confident, right? Like I'm just because say So like, so like you made. You were confident they were gonna outperform the Yankees. You were confident they were gonna outperform the Braves. Like, how are you feeling with that aftermath?
2: Well, I've said this throughout what,
3: what was your bet with you? That they bucks? would go
2: further in the yeah, that they would go further in the playoffs than the Yankees. Have you when heard I from Ju?
3: Have you heard from Ju? I,
2: I have not. I'm sure I will hear from him. And I bet and I made multiple other bets. But I said this, and you guys can listen to the Dirty Slides podcast that we did last week if you want. We're going to record another one today to preview the next series. Maybe we shouldn't because we picked every single series wrong. Um, But it's always been Scherzer and Degrom. It's always that's what it's always been. I like our chances. Scherzer and Degrom. Degrom showed up what we got out of Bassett last night is whatever you hate to have to play that game and get, and and by the way, shout out to Joe Musgrove for shoving last night. You hate to see your team get one hit. You want them to show more than that, but like, it's not like he wasn't dominant and it's not like you Darvish wasn't really fucking dominant, but the, what the difference is, Chris Bassett wasn't great last night and people can talk about all the, I've seen a lot of bitching about the, um, about the Buck show Walter check in Musgrove for things, but let's not pretend that we didn't have four innings of the Padres stepping out during every at bat. Like I would argue that the Padres were doing some fucking dirty gamesmanship for a half of a game before Buck even stepped out of the, thing so let's leave that aside um let's just like leave that conversation maybe we'll dive into that a little bit more on today's dirty slides because that's going down a dark fucking pit of despair that we don't have to but but just you can't be a padre out there being like well ah, fucking bug being a bitch like you guys did this for the whole game so props to musgrove for shoving again you want bassett to pitch a little bit better but like whatever he pitched fine You want your offense to do more, but also can you tip your cap to the other guy when he pitches really well? The failure of this team is why are we in the game three? Because Max Scherzer not only can't go head to head and out duel you, Darvish, but he gets his fucking nutsack lit up. Just doesn't show up at all.
3: I got a lot of DMs, by the way. People were concerned that game about you
2: Wow and listen the curse of the black jerseys is like the curse of Vandy Ru- the, the ruther curse times a million Th- like what are we doing with this throwback to an era of failure this is like I see I saw this with Patriots fans yesterday we love these jerseys guys you sucked in those jerseys you won fucking 45 Super Bowls. Since you went to the fucking silver. Don't ever change your fucking jersey. What are you talking about? This uh, Mets Friday throwback. Like, I've seen Seinfeld and people complain about the trumpets. I don't give a fuck about the, trumpets, the smoke coming out of the dugouts. Forget all that. This throwback. We've never done anything in black jerseys. Why would we come out in black jerseys on a Friday night and then put Max Scherzer in them? Horrible. The black jerseys got to go. But that's not what was wrong with this team. It didn't help.
3: Well, I just want to say, Joe, while your team lost, my uh, my Reds West team moved on. So I'm, I'm proud of the, yeah. the Seattle Mariners led by former Reds players, which I'm joking, but not joking,
2: you know? Yeah. I mean.
3: Like game one, Castillo throws. The gem of the game, two to yeah. three RBIs. Suarez, I mean,
2: Dude, yeah. look at look at by the way, look at the game Castillo threw, look at the game the uh, Bieber, I think, went out and threw. Look yeah. at all the games, like all these guys. The first, the first couple games of the uh, that Wheeler threw, look at all the, the in the series. All of those game ones, all dominant pitching performances by the teams that won, including you, Darvish, not Max Scherzer. Where, like. Yeah. Max Scherzer spent the whole year. I mean, he's shit to bed. Taking, I, I, I came with an icy, cold approach to Max Scherzer. Didn't want him. We got him. We paid for him. Thank God there's no salary cap in baseball because obviously we overpaid. He chiseled away at me the whole year. And then when time came, he doesn't show up in Atlanta and he doesn't show up in at home in game one of the playoffs.
3: You got him, what, two more years? Yeah, three year deal.
2: Well, look, Which, the, by the way, I don't give a fuck about that. Again, there's no the, salary cap. I'll say the, Cohen, good new,
3: the good news is like like you have an owner who's going to pay for whoever.
2: Theoretically.
3: Money's not an issue. It shouldn't be. Theoretically,
2: issue. right? But that's where the Nets have to be right now. Theoretically, yeah, you have to go re-sign fucking Nimmo. What are you going to do? Oh, you don't know what you have in Jacob deGrom? I don't care. I don't care if you don't know what you have in Jacob Pagrom. Pay him. Pay them all. Pay them the fuck all. Also, you should have traded for Soto. Paid him. I mean, they got outdone. You Like, the deadline is the thing here. And I was critical of it at the time. And all these fucking Mets fans. The You know, Mets fans come in two times. They come in gloom and doom. And they come in way too positive. I feel like I'm a middle of the road or as far as the actual baseball movings and shakings go. I don't know why they didn't make those moves. And now they watch the guys that they didn't make the moves for be big parts of other teams.
3: Well, we did have a San Diego bro call into the show. Great. So he says bro a lot.
4: bros calling from san diego first time listener long time caller and just wanted to shout out my man joe john prano we couldn't have done it without you bro back in the brown bro this is all you bro and i know things are tough right now bro but like at least they didn't hit your football team bro like, we don't even have a football team, bro. But, like, just get get some, like, some fish tacos tomorrow. And, and, and get a burrito with some fries in it, like a real California burrito. Or just, like, bro, go go, go surf some waves right? and some cliffs. Like, I know you, you don't have, like, a, a sunset cliffs or anything, but you got Malibu. And that's like that's, like, better, bro. So
3: I like, don't think it's too tough, bro. You're part of this win too, bro. All right, bro. All right, bro. I I love how that's an impersonation of a San Diego bro. I, I you know it's it is crazy. Like I don't think I, I I don't know when it comes to sports. I don't know how it
2: categorizes the city of San Diego. Well, it's definitely dude bros for sure. But I'll say this, and he brought up a good point, and this will be definitely discussed on the dirty slides. But I was essentially – my team essentially loses to a team that I gave the blueprint for, and they listened. Instead, my team that I also gave the blueprint for doesn't listen. It starts with bringing back the Brown. It started there. They did. Mets should have fucking left the Black Dead. They did. Culture change. You've sucked for a long time. Go back to when you didn't suck. That's what the Mets have should have done as well. The Padres did it. Then the Padres said, "We got all this fucking, we're going to we're going in. We're giving Machado the money." Okay. We're giving Tatis the money. Okay. Tatis, out. Fuck it. We don't care. We're going to trade a bunch of the young guys and get Soto. We don't even know if we're giving him the money yet, but we're in. You put your nutsack on the table, and then you double down. The Mets brought back the black, spent the money, and then started playing careful – when the time came to fucking nut up and they lost to the team that did nut up. And I like the Padres are whatever. Who knows who wins the Padres Dodger series? Probably the Dodgers. Who knows who wins the fucking Phillies brave series? Probably the Braves. Who care? I don't give a shit about any of them. That's the difference between me and fucking Braves fans. My season's over. I'm going to watch baseball. I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't give a fuck. I'm not sitting here like, hey, they like the thousands of Braves fans still in my mentions. Because Why am I
3: getting to- shrapnel from your shit, by the way? What do you mean? The fucking Braves fan was tweeting me a bunch the other night. I'm like, dude, what?
2: Oh, d- d- here's. Here, sure. So, dude, dude, like I, it's hilarious. I'm
3: getting someone tweeting at me, a Braves fan. And I'm like, bro, like what? Well,
2: Andy, here's what you should know. Uh, there's there's Braves fans that follow the dirty sports podcast that I've gone back and forth with. Okay. okay. So there's a, here's a, so there's a Venn diagram of Braves fans. Some of them, uh, are, are dirty sports fans. And some of them are not dirty sports fans, but it's, but where they cross over gigantically, there's a sliver that's dirty sports fans. And there's a sliver That's not dirty sports fans. But where they cross over is they're all grossly insecure and fucking think about the Mets nonstop. Nonstop. So what you need to know about how I handle crazy insecure Mets fans. If you're some dirty sports, if you're some crazy insecure Braves fan, but you listen to Dirty Sports, okay.
0: I just I just ignore
2: them. Hold on, I'll go back and forth, whatever. If I if you're just some weird insecure Braves fan who puts Braves into the search bar and you don't follow me, you don't follow. Like you just get blocked for being a super weirdo. Like all those people are blocked. So I I probably just don't even see half of those because those people are just blocked. Uh, I'll give the dirty, I'll give the, you know, listen, I don't know what it is about Braves fans and the insecurity. Like that's something that they can talk to their own therapists about. What? Why? The Mets you know, uh, the guy who gets Sam Tripoli coffee said it's because that we're obnoxious. Uh, He he's he's, he did that as he was putting on his war paint um, to go to tonight's to Tuesday's game. Um, I believe he was also shaving the sides of his head so that he could have a proper mohawk and putting a feather earring in. So I get it. We're obnoxious. Um, But I also think that there's more to it than that. But the bottom line is, you should know I block non-30 Sports Insecure Braves fans. And sometimes I'll maybe just, you know, ignore, uh, but still occasionally deal with the rest of the Insecure Braves fans that actually do know who we are.
3: I just laughed because I saw somebody tweet at me multiple times. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm not responding to you. Like, I I I got time for this shit. Yeah. I don't care about your Braves take
2: yeah listen my enemy my enemies in sports you know like braves phillies yankees i mean no one's rooting for the astros right because if i can the cheating thing i'm not a huge dodge fan i mean i'm like running out of things but that's my point is like i'm not sitting here being like the like that's just that's just like the that's the weirdo insecurity i've been talking about since june you do like to respond to them though yeah I do, but then at some point, if I realize that they don't have any ties to our show or have even heard my takes or whatever, there's just a guy who you know is you know carving wood that he found in his mom's backyard into a tomahawk or a peace pipe to take to the game uh and just like lives on Twitter searching Braves. They just get blocked.
3: Gotcha in unrelated news. Antonio Brown, dude, he has lost his mind. He tweeted. I don't know why he tweeted this an hour ago. It's a picture of the Cardinals. It looks like a Cardinal with a little touch of the downs and he called it the retardinals.
2: Yeah, I saw that
3: starting my own team sign up.
2: Now, did he try to get signed by the Cardinals and couldn't? Is he mocking them for their retardinal play at the end of the game? Which we didn't talk about, but there was no. a uh, yeah. horrible yeah. miss. I mean, we we, we almost Again. we almost got our trap game. We almost got our Eagles trap game right. Yeah, and we almost Ky- did. Kyler Murray spiked the ball. Bro. I've, heard, I've heard complaints that... That's on the coach, man. This, I've heard complaints that the stadium put up first down, like he got it on the slide. So he thought it was first down. That's on I've the heard. coach, though, and the player. It's on both, but like, come on, have your player aware. But that's kind of what we were talking about before. Like Cliff Kingsbury is in the mismanagement super group. But also like maybe like, I mean, you could always say you could be more dynamic. We didn't say this,
3: this, but this should be said. Most coaches cannot also call plays offensively. Right. You name right now a guy who can be a head coach and call plays. It's a very short list who should. Well, that's the thing
2: they not McVay. doing it.
3: So I'm saying Sean McVay calls plays. He can do it. Shanahan calls plays, right? He can do it. Like, of the young coaches, does the floor call plays still? I don't know. Not many can call plays and manage the game. I, I just, I don't know. These guys, I think ego. I think ego is real when it comes to that. Most people don't like to delegate; they just want to take control. That's egregious, though. That happening. That's that's like, what are you doing, dude? You're spiking it when you come on. That's that's embarrassing. Antonio Brown, by the way, him going after Tom Brady is hilarious. Tom Brady let him live with him and his family. Like, you're going after the guy who literally like. Say what you want. Tom Brady took him in like a child off the street. Bro, the amount of concussions this year. It's out of control. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in the NFL. I don't know, but I want to get this bad boy up. We, we can continue that conversation. We had to call about that for another episode. Let me let me get this bad boy up on the yeah. uh, and for the record, if you're still listening, dude, Apple just sucks now. I don't trust them. They, they've been shitty with our podcast. If you have the option for Spotify, listen to us on Spotify. I'm just gonna say it.
2: But also, like, aren't how many other options are there? What if what if I was like, Andy, I don't like Spotify?
3: Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, okay. Google, Google Play.
2: Okay, exactly. Netflix, so like guys Amazon.
3: No, I know. I'm just saying this because the majority of our listeners, according to our analytics, are still Apple, right? That's definitely changing. I've seen it. I mean, it's, it's definitely moving Spotify, but uh, like my point is,
2: if you have the option,
3: as far as like,
2: maybe just subscribe to us on Apple music or on uh, Amazon music or Google play or something like that, just to, because, and then if you go to check and we're not there. Maybe then you just go check that other one that you subscribe to us on and you listen just like or a backup just,
3: plan or just subscribe to meet. us on Spotify.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know spot, like I'm not a Spotify guy. I don't have Spotify premium. I'm an Apple music guy. I gotcha. But you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. Spotify is going to take, they're already taking into that market from everything I read. They're, they're betting big on podcast. All right. Regardless, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. Also on TikTok. I always forget.
2: That's right i'm demanding some andy Ruther tiktok content this week okay let's go okay. let's go maybe let's do a zach taylor rant can we dig up some stats yeah
3: to my knowledge i could Give be me- wrong on this i think all the fourth maybe all but one the fourth down calls this year have like f- just and you know they, they've been they've been the difference right mm-hmm. like like Like, they went forward on fourth against the Steelers. They lose by three. They go forward on fourth here. They lose by three. Like, to my knowledge, they've always had a game where, like, they've had a bunch of instances. I could do one. We'll see. I have to download TikTok then?
2: I'm at Joe Prado on all social media except for Twitter, where I remain at Fix Your Life. Uh, I will be in Lake Tahoe this weekend. We're doing the boys and girls club golf tournament. Me, Andy Lazarus, Dennis Gubbins, Pete says Uh, We're going to be doing a charity event, uh, a charity comedy show at McDuff's pub in South Lake Tahoe on Sunday night. Tickets available on the boys and girls club of Lake Tahoe, Instagram on McDuff's pub, Instagram on my Instagram, go find those. And if you're in that area, come to that. Also, have a bunch of shows uh in and around Los Angeles, California coming up in the near future. I will be in uh Ventura next weekend for a show at Sadekoy Golf Club. Um, I will be basically, you know, all around JoePaino.com forward slash shows for my shows here and my shows on the road, which of which I have many and many more to come. So keep your eye on that. Or just follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano, where I usually post all my flyers.
3: Cool. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you in a few days. And as always, stay dirty.